You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Erev Shabbos Kodesh, also Rish Kodesh Ov, this must be Rishcho Daraisa. I'm here with Rabbi Yosef Gabriel Bechofer. Rabbi Yosef, we're about to enter Shabbos, both of us, more or less, as we great Sechzi, and we know, of course, Chazal tell us that Shabbos uh, said to the Rabbi Nishalom, every other day has a Ben Zug, who's our Ben Zug? Knesset Yisrael is your Ben Zug. Shabbos, Shabbos, Shabbos Kala. Of course, next week, it's Shabbos Kala. The Shabbos is going to turn, the idea of Shechina is going to be transmuted in a way to the essence of Knesset Yisrael being this this widow, this almona, who's waiting uh, in the ashes, hoping against hope that there will be a restoration. Uh, so the, the imagery of, of Knesset Yisrael, Shabbos, Rabbi Shalom, and us, the idea that we obviously take uh, from the relationship between men and women, the relationship that of, of, of that the whole <coughs> culture and creation is based on, uh, is a dugum, of course, to many, many larger things. So I want to talk about something small <laughs> that has sort of started to creep into that relationship between men and women, and wonder if maybe we could even make it perhaps expand it into the macro. So I'll tell you what got me thinking, Rabbi Yosef. As you know, every good podcaster needs to have a subscription to what's happening in the news. I know you're a very big fan of us as nice, um, but I try to skim the uh, Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And uh, I saw a, a guest opinion column in the New York Times. It was about, it was written by Jennifer Weiner. And it was about uh, something that you would think is in basically only people who are into entertainment news and gossip, that the actress Jennifer Lopez has married again for the fourth time. She married Ben Affleck. And what Wiener was interested in was the fact that she sent in her Twitter feed or wherever it was that she is Jennifer Affleck that she is not going to be Jennifer Lopez, who's married to Ben Affleck, but that she wants to be known as her husband's last name. That is her name now. She's married, and even though she's a woman of great independence who who was sort of a self-made star, she felt that was important. Now, this is what Wiener wrote about this, and I'm quoting from the article, from the opinion piece in the New York Times. Given the cringy history behind this practice, a woman taking her husband's last name feels to me like a submission, a gesture that doesn't say I belong with him so much as I belong to him. And at this fraught moment for feminism in America, a woman like the former Jennifer Lopez deciding to change her name feels especially dispiriting. Sure, taking your husband's name might be a way of saying this is for keeps, but it's also a gesture inextricably rooted in peak patriarchy, specifically in the 11th century laws of coverture, which held that a married woman was for legal purposes merged with her husband with no standing or identity of her own, 
That notion hung on for centuries and still endures in various forms around the world. In the United States, as late as the 1970s, some state laws required married women to use their husband's names to vote or get a driver's license or credit cards. That's when the trend of women keeping their surnames began to catch on, at least, at least among a subset of older, more educated big city brides who've established professional identities before saying they do. And then she goes into um, how she is and what her life is, which is not really that important to me. And I was thinking about this, Rabbi Yosef, um, in terms of today. Uh, you know, I, I, I brought this up with my daughter and one of her close friends, a Chavrusa friend of hers that uh, was recently married. And I asked her, as they were driving in the car, I said, okay, so what is your name? And she says, well, um, I, I'm, using my, I'm using my maiden name. And this was a, a Basiaco girl, a girl who had a very much a from upbringing. And she says, yeah, she says, yeah, my husband's name, and that's me, and this is my husband. And I was wondering, hmm, you know, is, 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 is this, a, does this mean much? Would you say that the idea of, of women refusing or saying, yeah, we're married, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, Deborah Levine and uh, Vreymel Kivalevich. Yes, it's not, you know, that's who we are. That's the couple that we are. Uh, does that indicate, I, obviously every case is different, but would you say this is something that we should we should rail against? It sounds like 20%, based on this article, of couples, I, I'm sure in the firm world it's a lot less, but there's 20% of couples in the United States do not take, the wife does not take the husband's name. And um, I'm wondering, you know, when we speak about how much, we talked about the Lubavitcher a couple of weeks ago, how much the relationships between men and women have, all, have been altered in this more ikvasid the Mashiach period, that there's been an empowerment, there's been a more involvement. It's the, the there's a much greater sense of equal than there is the the, the Talmidah learning from the Rebbe who knows everything in halacha and everything in in life. So, would this be to you a symbol of something that's trafe? If a woman uh, uh, from our world would say, yeah. Yeah, I'm not taking my husband's name. And it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, we still love each other. We care for each other. But there's no reason for me to now subsume my identity in his. Go ahead, Rav Yosef. It's highly impractical. That's one major problem. Because uh, the, this is surely from a practical point of view. If, you're, if the mother has a different name than her child, it creates tremendous headaches in simple things like going to airports. Because there's no hanacha that it's your child, and therefore you have to have special proof that it's your child that you're transporting and not somebody you're kidnapping. So the, it's uh, it's the absurdity of not having the same name as your husband and, and child is something which is going to um, uh, re rebound uh, on you and cause you a anguish. Most famously, or uh, perhaps in recent times of Rav Yashiv, where the the husband took the wife's name. The, 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 um, you know that the um, uh, the uh, Leshem's daughter was married to whose last name was Oyashi, was married to Rav Yashi's father. I forget what his original last name was, 
and to move to get their certificates for Eretz Yisrael, they had to change the last name to There's a famous case of Rebbe Shoval in the 16th century, or perhaps the 17th century, who was uh, again took on his uh, his uh, wife's name, uh, family name. Uh, so uh, uh, I, I don't think it makes a difference whose name they take. Really, they just take one of the two names. Um, that the, the last name is, is a reflection of anything is, is also a little bit uh, absurd because really, we don't, most of us only have last, real last names so, since the time of Napoleon. So that doesn't really go back to the 11th century. Uh, last names are a modern, uh, a modern uh, in, in, in institution. Um, but besides all that. Yes, there is this uh, Natiya in the from world, which I think is a proper Natiya that to regard as strange if a woman keeps her last name because uh, it uh, indicates a certain uh, um, feminist approach, which although I'm not anti-feminism, I'm pretty much pro-feminism, but in this respect, I think it uh, is somewhat of an inappropriate gesture. Yeah, well, look, I, I, what I was trying to interrupt you before with was to tell you that, you know, Jennifer Weiner, who wrote this article, also mentioned the fact that her kids have her husband's name for practical purposes. And even though she does have to go through the go through those hoops, she believes that it's worth it. Uh, what I found. <laughs> She's crazy. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what I found. I found that there should have made her husband take her name. If she's really you no, know, she shouldn't have made her husband take her name. That's what she should have done. Yeah. Okay. So that is that's also a possibility. I I I, I want to bring up something, and again, without uh, you know, I, I send out the nachomas to to the to the family, but there's someone who I was uh, you know connected to, uh, a great scholar, uh, and and Bas Talmud Chacham Elisheva Karlbach. Who was married to the Rosh Hashiva of um, uh, Mordechai Yafin. And she writes consistently in uh, journals. She's one of the great experts in the Sabbatean era and in general European history of that time. And she, when she writes professionally as a historian, as a teacher, this is the name that she's known as. And um, there, I think, um, it, it doesn't really smack, I believe, of any sort of modernish guy, does it? I mean, the, the truth is, is that you know, there's, there, in a way, it's a separate life, and it's also a life that uh, you know you would think you want to establish yourself in in a certain way. You know, I asked you this question before we started recording, uh, and I want I want you to respond to it because uh, you might I know what you're going to say, but we you got married at this point. What do you want? 34 years? How many years are you married? 34? 1985, however many years it was. Okay. 37 years. Okay. So I, and and, and I'm married 40 years. Now your wife is a, is a woman that has made a name for herself as an educator, a scholar. Um, Don't you think it's possible that if you guys had been born 40 years later, now you'd be going out and you'd be discussing getting married. Considering your wife's perspective, her opinions, the way she has made a name for herself as a human being, as a person, as a teacher. You mean if she would have made, if she would remain unmarried until she was close to sixty? No, no. If if you you don't even listen to what I'm saying. If you and Shani. No, because I'm trying to point out what you're saying is preposterous. Because if of you, course, if, if she was you, young, I'm saying if you and Shani, if she was the young girl of twenty, 
young girl of 20 at this point in her life, she would still change her name. She wouldn't have accomplished all those things under the name Schreiber. <laughs> John Kasha, if you know that she ran for office and she had doctrine and thus and yet, so then you have a question. Okay, would you change your name under those circumstances? But she, but, but even when she was twenty, she knew she wanted to be a person on her own, right? She didn't. She didn't just want to be right. So don't you think today? A, 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 no, a woman, no, no, no. Uh, let me make the question clear because I don't think people understand what I'm saying. They probably the, don't. Yeah, I'm going to say it again, and I'll have to edit it. But here's the point. No, women, don't know it. Women who are accomplished and who want to accomplish and want to do things and see their life as not just baking and cooking, but actually being a teacher, a motivator, a giver, and, and also a, a, a being a homemaker. But at the same time, today, that type of that tip could easily say, I'm not just taking my husband's name. My, I respect my husband. I love my husband, but I'm my own mensch. 40 years no, ago. That's also ridiculous because why take your father's name. That's also sexist. Your father's name was Kyle Box. You should take a mother's name, wherever a mother's name was. It's also okay. giving it to wait, me wait, wait, wait. Not... patriarchal patriarchal system by <laughs> using the name of her father. Okay. So you're right. A maiden name is ultimately the maiden name of her father. That right. that is true. <laughs> Again, yeah. but but I, what I'm trying I'm to saying it doesn't hold water. It's so ridiculous. When you got married, you should make up a new new name. Well, like, uh, we, we we happen to have one of our Talmudim that we that we are in contact with, who took his who actually they they combined their names. No, but right? still, it doesn't matter. She's combining her husband's name with her father's name. All women are wiped out. <laughs> um, I I I wonder if you know you you say that you think that it smacks too much of of feminism, right? That's what you're saying. You think that it smacks too much of feminism. I want to tell you that I want to tell you even even let me ask you if this smacks of feminism. We I was in a situation and I'll, I'll mention it because it's my own in my own son and daughter-in-law. We were working on the ventures seven years ago. What would the ventures say? So would it say wedding of Nehemia or Jesse and Nehemia Kivalevich, or would it say wedding of Jesse Margulies and Nehemia Kivalevich? That's what it ended up being. Isn't that sort of a little bit of the same idea? I don't know. Technically speaking, before they're married, they're, they have this different names. All right, you're right. But 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 the wedding... I don't think it's the same thing. I don't think so. I, uh, I it's, not, it's not as significant. Yeah. I believe it's part of the same the same dechifa. Because when we were growing up, on my... We didn't... We, no, we, I think it's saw both. I think growing up, we also saw both. When I was growing up, I never saw that. You grew up before. Well, you're from a different door than I am. You're from the Friedrich door. Yes, yes. I have a couple of years on you. And, 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 and we didn't pay for benchers either. I don't, we didn't get benchers for our wedding. But I do, I don't, I, I definitely took enough benchers because I was invited to many weddings and I made sure to put four or five in my pocket whenever I left. And I can tell you those benchers from the 70s and 80s. Oh, you don't regret that today? That, <laughs> that is a topic in and of itself that everybody has too many benchers at home. Are you talking about taking them as Geneva or there's too much Seamus now? No, too much Seamus. Everybody has 500 benches at home. What are they ever going to do with them? Yeah, I, I agree with you. There's a lot of stuff in the landfills and Seamus. I don't know. Yeah. The point is, I think I think the record will show, if, if we could pay anybody to do research for us, 
that there were hardly any ventures where they mentioned, they emphasized the maiden name. It's all about, now here's another thing that I find that might be sexist. Uh, and it might be Narish. In, in Elizabeth, where I live, whenever they announce a simcha, and maybe this is true in other modern communities, they announce the wife's name first, like right? we want to give a mazel tov to Deborah and Avramel Kivalevich on the birth of a grandchild. What do you, do you think that, what do you, do you think, is that like reverse sexism? What is that about? No, it's it's courtesy. It's a it's Western courtesy. Something we don't have in Western you know, courtesy. Yeah. Why why does a woman need ladies more? first? Ladies first. That's a Western courtesy. Which is sounds because they're weak. Because they're weak and they whatever they, the reason is okay. But that's the that's they're not going to give up that. The, I, I you're right. A very rare the feminist is going to say, "Well, I don't want the advantages which I had beforehand to continue." See, here's here's where I'm really getting at. I I, I started today talking about the dogma between uh, our relationships between men and women. Their binary I think a lot of us have a problem with bitulayesh. A lot of us have a problem with the idea that our mitzvahs is gone. We like the level beyond that. <laughs> we like the level where you know we're friends and we're a chelak elakaymi mal etc. But the idea that we start with bitul. The idea that we start with, I'm submitting, and that I'm nothing, and that I find my mitzius dafka later, people have are, have a lot of discomfort with that, and that's really, in a way, without getting too philosophical, is one of the reasons why Avodah Zara really stuck its you know, tentacles deep into people's neshamas because they were able to say, look, I want it on my terms. It's still me, the, and 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 I think this is what we're in a way what we're seeing. Can't I be well since, that- since since this neither of us is a paragon of bittle, uh, I always tell people that uh, the reason why I'm not a Lubavitcher, two is not a Lubavitcher, is because Yechida Chloe's and because of Bittle. So uh, I'm not sure this is an argument with which I would uh, uh maybe it's because we have a sense of uh, a weak sense of our own self-importance and we have to build ourselves up artificially that we don't want to just lose our shame that's just, what they think is yeah yeah and and that might that might be in a way you know what's going on uh because clearly there's been generations and centuries of women whenever the official name was taken i think what wiener meant was she's known as her as as Aishas romi barhoma whatever it is she's known as Aishas, right you know Rochel Bas Akiva. There definitely was the idea that whoever you were, you were, your significance was you were the wife of this person. Um, and whether it was the last name or not. The the discomfort that is occurring now, I I do think it's in a way related to our inability to be comfortable with Bittle and also admitting that we are not... the das of Rabbi the Levitch? What do you believe? That's why not justified. I believe that as, and I, and I, and I will say it clearly that obviously Ezer Kenegdoi already indicates a certain sense of 
secondary situation, right? That's obvious in the Torah, right? However, I do believe with Hishtanus... Okay, so then you believe that women should be about themselves, and the fact that not, they don't take their husband's last name is a lack of that bitl, which is essential no, component no, 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 of no. the relationship of marriage. No, no, what I think is, is that Hispachtus Adairois, and I've said this to you on other programs, means that a, that there's been a reformation of Azer Kenegdi. There's been a reformation of this original concept of Bittl. And I do think that that's somehow Nikhlal in the Makiris as well. The, the, so is that Latabu Lamuta? Is that a good thing that it was reformulated? How has it been reformulated in a way? I, I, like I said, I, positive or negative? I, I, it's a mitzius. In other words, the mitzius is that, and I, and I, again, you can be honest or dishonest about it. That the same couple, forty-five years it's ago, what, whether it's you and Shani or another couple, the same couple, if they, if the same type of mindset, forty-five years ago, would never have thought about a woman keeping her maiden name. Today, would, and I think this itself is a positive. I don't know. I don't know. You know anybody? In, 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 no, it's not true. Nobody in Lakewood circles. Nobody in any yeshiva circles. And nobody in, in right wing YU circles has any havamina. And the same people had the havamina forty years ago. The same people have the havamina today. I disagree. I think really. That, again, you know any Russian yeshiva in YU or Rabbeim who have the hyphenated have the? I will the tell you that my yeshiva one one I do. Okay. But the same one who was probably within forty years ago. The same thing. My. G- look, Jean, my Rosh Hashiva's wife, who was a, a professor and a hunter, I believe, Ravianko's wife, Jean Joffin, um, although she took her husband's name, is my, for today, she definitely would not have taken Ravianko's name. There's no question about it. Of course, she was a professor, just like Elisha Vakar, that if, if this becomes a tofa, this 20% starts rearing its head among couples, big deal. Okay, so it says on the Shidduch resume, wants to keep her maiden name, wants to keep her maiden name, wants to keep this name. Would they, if you saw that, would you, oh, you don't want to go out with her. Yeah, why not? Who cares? Okay, it's, it's the truth yeah, is. I, know, I would not, I, I certainly would not want to go out with her. You, okay, okay, but to me, it reflects a, the new reality. And the reality is, again, the new reality is that women are out there they're doing things, and they're also, in many ways, more responsible in running the house, and, and 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 like they always were, but even in a greater way than they were before. So why not? Why not? I don't see it as such a. I I, I see it as a development, but not a development to decry and view as vice or another feminist mishigas. Nobody's talking about getting alias. Nobody's talking about. Uh, uh, about getting smicha. We're not talking about anything like that. We're talking about in this marriage, who are, who is this couple? Um, and you know, they don't have to be a power couple, but this is the couple. And you're right, it's going to be a little bit confusing to figure out who's who. I don't see it as something that necessarily needs to be seen as a weiter, a terrible hashpa menachutz. If anything, I think it like it reflects our own. It might be something a little bit of insecurities, 
but I think it also is positive. Look, don't don't you believe, Rabbi Yosef, that ultimately the Geula will come when when then when the the Kala, so to speak, the Shechina gets a, a sense of its own identity and understands. You're right. You're uncomfortable with Bittel, but maybe isn't it great when you 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 recognize all your strengths of what you're about, of what you can do, what you can't do, what this other, what the 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 other side brings to you. That's a very that's a that, that's a, a an incredible self actualization that 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 is a growth in a person, and that's really what marriage is supposed to bring you to. Is if I know how much you know which ways your wife is marshaling you. And you know there's certain things you can't do without her. And, and she recognizes that. And they both recognize their significance as people. Um, so it's, it, you're right. And this is all the Vansich Afenomen is absurd. But I, I, I'm asking, you, it could be with, because like you say, who cares, whatever the name was, Schneider, Bechafer, um, it doesn't make a difference. Still, um, for some people, if that's where they want to draw the line, let them do it. You say it's absurd, but that's what they want. Okay, so I'm passing the shidduch because of that. I'm passing the shidduch because it says on this resume that the girl wants to keep her name. Yes, because it means she has has kapedas. Yeah, you know, what about all these other ridiculous kapedas? This is they're all pretty... ridiculous. No, they're all ridiculous. This this kapeda, like think... white tablecloth, echvil nor white tablecloth. Yeah, look, this kapeda is one I think uh, that that can be understood, and I think it's more realistic. I don't agree that it's submissive and it's patriarchal, but I I can understand it, and I think it's a um, you appreciated sort of the tenuous kesher I was making here between Shechina Begalusa and working on Knesset Yisrael, but I know that there's a certain look, thing that you believe. I know there's a certain thing you believe should be be emphasized more in society, and we're not doing enough of that. And that is, of course... Right. The, the point is like this. Rabari um, Kaplan writes in his book, uh, in his article on male and female, he says part of the sign of the coming court towards Gula is more of his diminishing of the curse of uh, Chava. Uh, I think that part of that is... he doesn't, I don't think he says this, but I would say this. I think that part of that is that um, the uh, development of epidurals because it diminishes the curse of Chava. So uh, this doesn't mean it have to be diminished uh, organically, it can be diminished uh, uh, artificially. Um, he, he, uh, uh, so the idea of um, uh, there are all sorts of uh, uh, issues here which obviously indicate that feminism by and large has mylas and its part and parcel of the divine plan. Uh, and uh, whatever its chesrenes are, which are significant, it's part of a who's plan for the gula. Um, that being said, since that's the case, if we want to bring the gula, and we know that this is also Kabbalistically a very cultural thing, we should work on serious solutions, which I don't know that we can, I don't know we have any good solutions, but something significant to uh, be to, to uh, deal with the problem of agunas. I know it's the problem of agunim too. It's men whose women, whose wives are keeping them divorced. It happens. But it's more of a problem for the women whose husbands don't refuse to give them a divorce. And that's something which we want to work on rights of women within Orthodox Judaism. As best as we can resolve that without a Sanhedrin is what we should do. And as we would say, 
as my daughter-in-law always says, because the more we work on maybe the more we're going to be able to be connected uh, as not an Ishaguna, not as this Almana that's never disconnected, but actually uh, restored. I always love hearing the stories about how much Rav Chaim Kanievsky, uh, Rav Aaron Leib Steinman, how uh, crucial it was for them to, when they found out about certain girls who were looking for Shaduchim, how they would go out of their way to try to connect, to try to make these relationships happen. And it wasn't just, oh, I want to find for a bocher. There was a sense that we want to help girls. We want to help women. We want to find a place and work for them. Uh, and, and again, maybe it was somewhat of a, you want to call it a patriarchal system. I see that as also tikkun ashkina, the idea of, of working in shaduchim and letting, and, and again, we know, Rabbi Yosef, that a lot of the problem is unrealistic expectations on the part of boys uh, who also need, uh, as you say, there are many, you're right, there are gunas. I think there's also a lot of uh, wonderful girls out there who need, not just the need of shidduch, there needs to be greater teaching done for the boys to understand what it is or what a relationship is and how to not have these ridiculous standards that don't match anything like reality. Boys need a kick in the pants as much as the women do, more. That's what I'm saying. And I think that's also part of Tikkun Ashkina as well. Our sponsors about last week's program, uh, both positive and negative. Want to show one of the negative responses, a brief one. Aren't aren't we going to do that next week? We're going to do our readers' uh, responses next week, but go ahead. I don't care. I didn't think I I thought we were doing questions next week. Well, same thing. Okay. Anyway, the short one. Cardinal Rishulu said, Give me six lines written by the most honest man in the world, and I will find enough of them to hang him. So, Rob Schwab's that's how wrote something you don't like. Maybe it was offensive to you and hyperbolic. This approach seems to be pretty much the party line of Agudas Yisrael. With that, don't obsess on this one line of his and focus on the thousands of lines of his superb Divrei Torah. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I, the response to that is, of course, that uh, yes, we should focus on everybody's positive from the, uh, but the problem is that. It's difficult for us to accept, and somebody has to state that and reject something which goes against a significant portion of Am Yisrael and significant understanding of Ratzon Hashem. Otherwise, people will say, "I have to be mevatel das on this too." All right, I would just say it in a sort of a different way, which is, and I think I was more moderate. Yes, most of what Rav Schwab says is great. This piece. You know, as Rev Weinberg, I remember saying, this piece of Koivich Yurim, you should rip out of the safer. You know, that's what Rev Weinberg said. I remember him saying, you know, this, yeah, this shtickel Koivich Yurim, and, and, and I think that shows an appreciation of the ideas of the person, where you understand that this piece was a wrong piece. Uh, it, it isn't obsession over something, it really is the courage. And not just, and I'm not saying uh, again. I'm not put, giving you a, so much a pat on the back. You have to be. You have to. You, you have to be real. I, <laughs> I, 
I, you have to be real thinkers. And yeah, this was Kishkoga Yotzripeashovit. And I, I don't think either of us were were trying to to drag Rav Schwab in the mud or any type of or type of material. That's not what we were trying to do. And uh, I I also want to respond to something that that you sent me my my way. Um, that someone was echoed by something I said. Uh, I don't remember which uh, episode it was, but supposedly when I was speaking about the Rav, I referred to Miss Salavechik. And that was something that the person really uh, felt that I had uh, trampled over uh, the Rav's COVID. I, <laughs> as you know, for years, I wrote as Talmud Arav, and, and you know that included Rav Salvechik as well. I am very much... Uh, indebted to the way the Rav thought about so much. Um, I, I think there might be times where, uh, if, and, and I apologize for it, but I think there are times when we do speak about uh, personalities and we, we are, we, our familiarity with them, Lamashal, people will say Hirsch, right? right? People will say Hirsch. Did you see Hirsch on this? Uh, on, on, on what the, right? Now, obviously, to say Shamshan Ben Rafal Hirsch is a little bit unwieldy, but I, I think it really comes from living within this world. Uh, you know, these these are my um, these are my clay These are what I work with. These are what I, this is what my this is my garage, my shop. Yeah, so Enochinami, sometimes when you're thinking about them, you know, uh, it isn't a, a sense of zilzal or a sense I'm equal to them. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes when you're shakua in a subject that I remember you always felt strange when I would speak about Rav Nachman as well in the same way. When I would talk about Bressel, when I would speak about, you know, Vas Nachman Zuk, you know, or something like that. Um, you know, I, I think it really comes from a chibur. Right. It, 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 I, I, I want to point out in your defense, in that uh, the yeshivas for many years, you still see them Rabbi Ruchan. They were called Ramchal Mutzate. That's right, right. As Rav Huttner did as well, often, right? Mashakos of Hagutzato, Mashakos of this. Yeah. Or let's talk about Rabbavadya Svarna, Ushtet and Svarna, right? right? And people say, well, that's the reason the book was published that way. You know? Um, Look, and I think people shouldn't get meshuga about this because the main thing is what's the inflection, what's the tone, right? What's really going on? You can, if in other words, to zero in, and I don't remember which episode it was, but to zero in on the phrase without the context, without was I saying it from zilzil, and I think this is true about anything. Again when you hear a statement and you take it out of context and say, well, he called him Salvation. Who is he? He's a, right? Or what else what was being said? I think part of the rub being called Salvation, if I did do it, is because he becomes so much part and parcel of the learning <laughs> that he's like a brick, right? He's a, if it would be Lamashal, a Tzavar Fenashita that I, nobody would know about. Right, <laughs> some sort of uh, a Sephardic shagoyin that uh, that said something that was somehow relevant. So you use the honorifics or the rov because there's no familiarity. 
Mashainke, when it's really part, as I say, part of what you're dealing with, I, I think it's a sign of Chavidus, but you're right. Chachomim Izaru and I will definitely uh, attempt, especially uh, not to try to offend people's sensibilities. It is important, as we say, the way we refer to people, <laughs> whether it's their last names only or, uh, you know, by their first names. So, my friends, the two names, of course, that besides Bechafer and Kivalevich that we have talked about, the two names that you should know about, the two names that go together, uh, like a tremendous chibur of Zohar Nekeva, is A&H, Abelis and Hyman. I know that there was, in their history, you can look it up on their on their Facebook page, of how these two men got together and came up with the idea of quality provisions in the Bronx in 1955, and how they outstripped the competition in terms of quality, even though it wasn't about a big quantity of stuff. It was always about quanti- quality over quantity. And as I always say, that Chibor of A&H, which has now been given over to the next generation, my boss Seth Levitt and, and his, uh, his partners in Eretz Yisrael have, again, worked together, each one giving the other the chashivas that is necessary. So that's Abelis and Hyman, those two names that come together. Really, Hyphenated. With, with, with a Hebrew of really, once again, look, obviously, if you're making Siyumim this week um, and you're being Messiahim, there's nothing better that they have on the grill than any of those types of products, which I know are going to go great for your Yosim, Yosim, Mesechta. But uh, definitely ready uh, for you uh, in a great in a package. And by the way, uh, we uh, I want to tell you that when it gets to the store, you aren't going to see in generally a expiration date that is take for me on. The the material comes out fresh from the factory. We send it out quickly, and it stays there, and it's it can stay in your refrigerator for quite a long time for you to enjoy way back, way into, even towards the end of the summer. That's it, my friends. Next week, we're going to deal with all our insults, questions, uh, critiques from last week and from all the weeks. And we'll try to answer them as we stay right before Tisha B'Av. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 